In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, amen. <clears throat> the gospel text is a gospel text that encourages us to be thankful. <clears throat> Thanksgiving overcomes many, many difficulties of life. We can have many, many sufferings and one thanksgiving and it can raise us. Raise us to that place where we know God is. We know God loves. I'm thankful today for St. Athanasius. That he came about 30 years ago to gather a group of Protestant evangelicals and bring them to the Orthodox faith. I'm thankful for him. And thankful today for Father Richard, who he made first contact with. And he taught us the words of St. Athanasius and the spirit of St. Athanasius. If you ever wonder why this church is named St. Athanasius, that's the, na the reason. Because St. Athanasius came to get us. It was very apparent to us back early in the 70s that uh, he made an effort toward us. And so, you know, many times we look at an icon and we say it's like a mirror to heaven. Like God, like the saints, we go to the saints. Well, it's also that they come to us. They come to us. So today I'm grateful. We should all be grateful for the love of a beloved saint who loves us and cherishes us and helps bring us closer to Christ. <clears throat> His life was a very unique life. He grew up in probably the most tumultuous time in, in the church's history. As a child, he lived in the city of Alexandria and undoubtedly was, uh, was probably at the martyrdom of St. Catherine. He saw many, many people martyred and die for the faith. He knew that being a Christian, even as a child, meant that you could give up your life. If you were to declare your Christianity even to a friend, it meant possibly that you would die or maybe put in prison or maybe lose your job right away. No questions asked. So to be a Christian in those times meant a serious commitment, a commitment that life meant less than your relationship with God. And so he grew up in this incredible time of history where daily you had to make commitments to Christ. And those commitments meant everything to you. Everything to you. As a teenager, he was uh, devoted to God and to the church and to the, to the degree that all his friends knew he would become a bishop. You know, if you, you see, you know, sometimes in high school you get those things, who would be the most likely to succeed, who would be the most this, or most, who would be the most likely to become a bishop? Athanasius. Like this. His parents, in fact, we remember them every entrance. Nicetus and Irene. That's when we process, when we say the names of the departed. Those are his parents. Beloved parents. As a deacon, he stood as a beacon of the truth at the Council of Nicaea, the creed that is most accepted by all Christian people. 
not only a beacon of the truth, but he became the de declarer of the truth. As a bishop and a pastor, he was surpassed by none. He was exiled from his see five times but those five times he continued to keep contact with his people and shepherd them even from afar he was a sufferer for Christ he was a great victor in the end and today he stands as a beacon to all of us uh, of a man who stood for Christ and the Christian faith so there are many examples that we could use uh, in relationship to St. Athanasius' life, but I'd like to use three to help encourage us. One, that he cared greatly for other people. Two, that he was a fighter for the faith. And three, that he loved the truth. So first, for others. <clears throat> this for others was seen <clears throat> as a teenager. There's a great story of St. Athanasius when he was probably 14 or 15 years old, he was out near a stream, out above the, uh, the church. And one of his friends came to him and said, how do you become a Christian? And he said, well, you get baptized. That's how you become a Christian. He says, well, how do you get baptized? And Satan said, like this. And he went and proceeded to do the baptismal service, and he baptized him. And the bishop then was looking out his window and saw Athanasius baptizing in the water his friend. And so he calls for Athanasius, says, come up here. What did you do? He says, well, my friend asked me, how do you become a Christian? And I told him, by being baptized. And he asked me how you do that. I said, this is how you did it. He says, well, how did you do it? And, he, and as he did it, he did the service, basically, because he was such an astute student of the church <clears throat> and the bishop said okay bring him here and we'll chrismate him so he accepted Athanasius' baptism <clears throat> very beautiful thing but that that story is unique in many ways <clears throat> but it shows the spirit of his heart toward other people to, to not just stop at trying to get them to understand God no, to bring them into the depth of the faith. To bring them closer and closer to Christ. That's what he was about. It wasn't about just getting to, to know them, but he all wanted all people to come to know Christ. That was his heart. And you could see then, to become a bishop was, was kind of the next step for him, to move into the diaconate and the priesthood. So how do then we, with this example, help people move in this direction? What's our relationship to people? How do we become Christ's to them, like Athanasius became Christ's to his friends? Well, first of all, we pray for them. We must pray deeply for them. And we must pray for people that in our life be, maybe even are difficult. I was with Father John Finley, and he always has these great sayings. He told me another one. He said, Father Nicholas, let the devil establish your prayer list. So those people that you're irritated with, 
that you don't want to pray for, that bother you, those are the top. Those are the top. Those are the ones you don't miss. That's you don't miss those. St. John of Kronstadt says those are your physicians. Those are your doctors. Those, that, those, are the, those are the people that really test your faith, that really test your Christianity, that really test your commitment to Christ. So we need to pray for them. We need to do kind things for them. Think kind thoughts about them. Say kind words. We need to be people that look to do kind acts in this world, to take care of our environment, to take care of our families, to take care of our friends, to pick up a piece of trash. Tom Howard said, when you pick up a piece of trash, you sow a little bit of heaven. When you drop one, you sow a little bit of hell. Simple things like that. God puts things before us every day in which we can be Christ to this world and to people. Every day. You know, we ignore most of them, but there's many, many things you can do. Think of that as you walk through the day. How today is Christ making my life available so I can bring the kingdom of God more present into this world. To say, to, to forgive somebody. Somebody offends you this day. The priest harmony bothers you. Forgive him. Forgive. What a beautiful way to bring Christ in to this world. So, to love the other. To extend yourself out. There's many, many ways we can do this. Very practically do this. Keep your eyes open today and throughout this week. How is Christ, what is Christ putting before you that you can manifest His glory into this world? You know, He does it. And the more you're committed to that, the more He will show you. The more you're committed to do that, the more He'll show you. If you start helping people, you know what He's going to start doing? He's going to bring more people for you to help. And you know what's going to happen to you? Your life's going to be filled with joy. So don't, take advantage of this. Take, look around and see where God wants you to work. He also was, St. Anthony was a fighter for the faith, a fighter for his own spiritual life. He ran the race. He fought the fight. He kept the faith. As St. Paul says of himself, and we pray that would be our legacy. He's fight, the key to fighting the war is one that you need to get up one more time than you fall down. So if you get up, if you fall down ten times, how many times do you need to get up? Eleven. How about a hundred times? I don't know one. Some people are really good at this. That's the key to the fight. We're going to lose. We're going to stumble. We're going to fall. The key is getting up. How to get up. How to get up quickly. How to get up and keep moving forward. How to get up and learn a lesson. That's the key to the fight. St. Athanasius, I'm sure, fell many times in his life. He just knew how to get up fast. 
You know, today we are baptized. Last night we, we do the exorcism prayers, the preparation prayers for baptism, and there's an interesting uh, tradition that the church has in preparation for baptism. It, it, in baptism, we, ha- we make a declaration of war. We say, do you announce Satan as all his angels and all his works and all his service and all his pride? They say, I do. Say that three times. Have you renounced Satan all his works and all his angels and all his service and all his pride? You say, I have. You say that three times. And then we turn around and it says, now blow and spit on him. You'll, a dry spit, hopefully. You declare war. You make a declaration of war. You are fighting a war from the Mount Cassiana for the rest of her life is going to fight that battle. She has made a declaration of war against the devil and she has committed her life to Christ. It's going to be a battle. So what weapons does she have? What weapons did God give to her? He gave her all the virtues. Doesn't mean she's not going to cry. Not going to have, she's going to have all the things that little kids have. But she's made a declaration of war. She's given all the virtues. So each of us, beloved, as St. Athanasius did, became a fighter. And how do you fight? You, you fight by honing the virtues. You fight by pulling the sword of humility out to fight the, the, the demon of pride. You learn to go low. If somebody stands up to argue, you go lower than them. You humble yourself. You learn humility. You take out that sword of humility and you defeat that demon of pride that comes at you. Maybe it's greed that comes at you. You take out the sword of generosity and you defeat by giving to others, by opening your hand to others, by giving generously to the pastor's vacation fund. generously to defeat the demon generosity beloved is an eternal thing it's eternal you know what greed is it's temporal one day it won't be so if you take out that that sword of generosity it's eternal it's higher it's more powerful than greed it will defeat it every time Every time, you may have to work a little bit, but that sword of generosity, every time, will defeat the demon of greed. Every time. So it's like we take out these fabulous weapons. We take out love to defeat anger. When somebody offends us, we forgive them. Forgiveness beats an offense to death. We take out the, the sword of contentment when we begin to envy. We begin to thank God for the things he's given to us. We take out the sword of diligence to, to, to defeat sloth, the sword of chastity to defeat lust, and the sword of self-control to defeat gluttony. These swords, beloved, are available to you, but you, learn, you have to use them. You know, it's like sometimes you've you ever seen it, well... You think about yourself. Well, think about me. Okay? You know the demons are pretty good sword fighters. And unless you get good with your sword, they could still get you. So you've got to practice. 
Every time you feel a little bit of anger, take out the sword of love and practice with it. You have to practice with it. You can't just, all of a sudden, you're totally overwhelmed with anger and you pull out sheepishly this little sword of love. You can't do that. It doesn't work. When you start feeling the temptation, you've got to rip it out. You've got to be Zorro. You've got to go right away. You've got to be the best swordsman. Once you learn to use the swords of the virtues, you can defeat the demons. And you even get to see how they come at you. So you need to practice these things. God has blessed you with them. He's given you all the swords in baptism. So we need to understand that St. Athanasius was a fighter. And we need to be fighters like that. And finally, he's a lover of the truth. He loved the truth. He was a believer in the truth. Because, because why? Because the truth sets you free. It's not just because we want to be right. It's because the truth sets you free. And the Lord said, when you worship, you worship in spirit and in truth. In the fullness of God, we worship in truth. In, in, in hopes of freedom, we, we learn the truth. We know the truth. We love the truth. We hold the truth dear to us. You know, we'll say in a moment, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Three, in 325, beloved, 1800, almost 1,800 years or 1,700 years ago, that creed was written and has been said by Christians since. Why? Because it establishes the truth and it, we, it, it, it helps us love the truth. Why so important? Because the truth, beloved, guards the revelation. If the truth isn't there, then the revelation it becomes the whim of my opinion. So how many people do we have? Maybe 180 people here? So how many truths do we have? If it's, a, if it's according to opinion. We have 180 truths. But if it's according to the truth the church establishes and the church protects, then... It's one truth that we all move toward. When we call the church Catholic, it's Catholic because the church moves toward one truth. And the truth also, beloved, reveals the revelation. It is the revelation. So when we say words, beloved, those words apply to a person. Those words apply to a movement of the soul in a particular spiritual direction, a reality. So as we pray and as we move through the liturgy, allow the words, these words of truth, to take you to the spiritual places they're designed to take you, to take you to God, to draw you near to Christ. So our beloved patron stands as a beacon to all of us uh, as a, a fighter, a lover of the truth, a great believer, and a movement, a movement of many toward the faith. He stood for many, many years as one of the very few that defended the faith, and today we are fortunate uh, and blessed to have him uh, 
as our patron and have his prayers. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.